Hey everyone, you're listening to the Connect Church Podcast. We hope this sermon inspires you as well as builds your faith. Enjoy the message. Today, we are talking about crushing hopelessness. We are in our one, two, this is the fourth week that we have talked in our series called Made for Hope. I think it's our fourth, fourth week. The first week we talked about how there was hope in the darkness and I was just sharing with you that a message that I felt like God had put on my heart for us that day that there was hope in the darkness that it didn't matter what we were going through but there was hope in the darkness. If you weren't here I turned all the lights down as low as we could make them to show you that light always dispels the darkness. The next week uh, Jen talked and she spoke about how hope is a healer. Last week I spoke again and we talked about how what hope actually was, what it means. Today we're going to talk about crushing hopelessness. Next week I'm super excited because like Dan said, we've got five people going to share for five minutes each about what hope means to them. They're going to share either a story or they're going to stand up and share about what hope looks like to them and it's going to be amazing. You don't want to miss it. Bring your friends. They're going to all sit up here on the stage. We'll get stools for them, and they'll all get to take their turn. And I'm not going to tell you who it is. You just have to show up and be excited and be like, I don't, I don't know who it is. You have to show up. It's going to be a good day. And then we're going to finish up on November 25th. But today we are talking about crushing hopelessness. And this title has a double meaning. Okay? Crushing hopelessness can mean two things. We know that a lot of people in life deal with what we would call a crushing hopelessness, where they are being crushed by the weight and the burdens in their life, where the the waves and the storms of life are beating them down, and they are being crushed under those waves of hopelessness. But then we can also talk about we are going to crush and destroy hopelessness, and that's what we're talking about today. Today we're talking about the crushing of hopelessness. We are going to destroy those lies in our life. We're going to say no more is this hopelessness and this despair going to stay attached to me. These walls that have been built up around me, these walls are going to break down. These chains are going to fall off and hopelessness will be crushed today. Well, I'll tell you, I am excited about it. Yeah, in Jesus' name. I am excited. I've been, I've been thinking about this all week, and I've had these scriptures rolling around in my heart. So if you have your Bibles, go with me to Proverbs chapter 13. And don't put it on the screen yet, Jade. Oh, it's too fast. Okay, just take it off for a second. Take it off for a second. <clears throat> Proverbs is in the Old Testament, guys. Just a little Bible course refresher for you. Proverbs chapter 13 Last week, we talked about what hope was, and hope was a desire for something in your life, and what made it hope instead of a wish was that there was uh, an expectation about what you desired would come to pass. Uh, A wish is something that you just say, oh, I hope this would happen, I wish this would happen, but you're not quite sure if it's going to come to pass, and hope is a desire for something that you have to take place in your life with the expectation that that desire will, in fact, come to pass. Now, hopelessness is this. If I can just get to my notes. Good Lord. Good Lord, everyone. I'm just having problems getting to my Bible turned to the right place and getting my notes opened up. Hopelessness is this, a feeling or state of despair. And it actually is a lack of hope. 
Hopelessness means that you have no hope. That there's no expectation. That you don't believe that anything good is going to come into your life. You are hopeless. You are in a dark night. Not the movie. Not Batman. You're in a dark room. You're in a dark world. There's no light shining through saying, come this way. Follow over here. There is darkness. It's lack of hope. Despair. It creeps in. And when hopelessness creeps in, does it just stay in one area of your life? No. It begins to consume you. It begins to spread out. It begins to uh, uh, capture all of your thoughts and all of your emotions and all of your feelings, all your interactions. Hopelessness begins to take over. Proverbs chapter 13, verse 12, says this. Hope deferred makes the heart, what? What does it do? It makes you sick. Now, just for fun, I looked up some of these words in the Greek just to see exactly what it was talking about. Or in the Hebrew, I'm sorry. And in the, in the Hebrew, this word sick means this. Rubbed and worn, weak, sick, afflicted and grieving, diseased, pain, and sorry. You may say sorry. I say sorry. I also sleep on a pillow. You may sleep on a pillow. Pillow? Is that correct? Sick means something that has been rubbed and worn. It's been used. It's weak. It's sick. It's afflicted and grieving. It's diseased. It's got pain attached to it. And you're sorry about it. Now he says, hope deferred makes your heart like this. And you know what the word heart means? I don't have a slide for this because it's not too complicated. The word heart in the Hebrew, in this tense, in this verse, is used both literally as your physical heart and figuratively of your mind and your will and your emotions. Your soul, right? You know that we're made up of three parts, correct? We are a spirit that lives forever. We live in a body. It's our little suit, how we get around, how we stay on this planet. And we have a soul, and your soul is made up of your mind and your will and your emotions. Now it says, hope deferred makes the heart sick. Basically, what he's saying, if you break it down in common English, is this. Hopelessness makes you sick, both figuratively and physically. What are some results of hopelessness in our life? Well, people who are hopeless, what happens? They become depressed. They can become suicidal. They become reclusive. They withdraw from society. They don't want to be around anybody. They can get physically sick because of the emotions they're dealing with. The Bible says, as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. Can I just tell you something just off the cuff? You can think yourself into being a lot of things. You can think yourself into being sick. 
You can think yourself into being not right mentally. You can think yourself into being not right physically and emotionally. Hopelessness leads to sickness. So where does this come from? Where does hopelessness come from? Where does hopelessness come from? The longer I thought about this, and I pondered, and I pondered, and I pondered, and I thought, and I thunk, and I pranked, pranked is praying and thinking. And I, I pranked some more, and I went and sat in my hot tub. I love to go in my hot tub in the morning when it's dark out still, and you can see all the stars in the sky. And when the sun begins to come up, you can see where we live. There's mountains everywhere, and there's fog covering all the mountains, and it looks really amazing. And I love to sit out there in the hot tub, and I love to think and talk to Jesus and ask questions. And the longer I thought and the more I thought about this, I realized that all hopelessness, hopelessness all of it, comes from something that you have been told and you either, you either believe it or re, you reject it. Now, John 8, can we put that on the screen? John 8, 44 says this. For Jesus is talking, he says, you're the children of your father, the devil, and you love to do the evil things that he does. He was a murderer from the beginning, and he's always hated the truth. And then it says, because there is no truth in him. When he lies, talking about the devil, it's consistent with his character. Because he is a liar and the father of all lies. Now John 10.10 10 says this to us. The thief comes to do three things, doesn't he? He comes to steal from you, he comes to kill you, and he comes to destroy you. Now how does he do that? He doesn't show up at your door I'm here. Hey, Megan. Ding dong. Megan walks the door. Hello. Yes. Hello. Who is it? Oh, it's me, Satan. I'm here to destroy your life. I brought you some cookies. Eat them. They're good, I promise. I, these are the best cookies. There's nothing wrong with these cookies at all. Take the cookies and eat them. They're so good. You will love them. You'll love them so much you die. How does he come to steal and to kill and to destroy you? He's the father of lies, so basically the only thing he can do is bring lies to you. Now, here's the great thing. You don't have to accept those lies. You don't have to believe those lies. You don't have to allow those lies into your heart and life. You're allowed to close the door and say, thank you very much, but not today. I don't want your cookies. I don't want your lies. I don't want any of these things in my life. I'm not going to believe that lie about this. I'm not going to believe that lie about my spouse. I'm not going to believe that lie about my finances. I'm not going to believe that about this. Because the devil comes and he brings things to you and he brings lies to you that he wants you to, to take and absorb into your mind and absorb into your heart so you begin to become hopeless. Where you take this lie and you dwell on it. Because we're all dwellers by nature, aren't we? We begin to think a thought, and it 
finds a home in our heart and it finds a home in our mind. And we begin to think about it over and over and over. And the more we think about it, what begins to happen? It begins to grow. The more you think about something, the bigger it becomes in your heart and life. And so guess what happens? It completely overtakes you. And you are completely engulfed in hopelessness. And you feel like there is nowhere to go. You feel like you can't get out of anything. You feel like you're stuck in molasses. Remember I told you like weeks ago, the time that I tried to run away and my boots got stuck in the mud and I couldn't move? And you just stand there doing this? But... Let me tell you, the good thing is, is there's a solution to this problem, isn't there? Yeah, there's a solution to this problem. When we let hopelessness into our life, it begins to take root. It begins to manifest in all kind of bad behavior. See, Proverbs said, hope deferred makes the heart sick. And that sickness begins to manifest in all kinds of different ways. It begins to manifest in, like, addictions. Alcohol, drugs, pornography, sexual addictions. It begins to manifest in physical sickness. It begins to manifest in your mind, in your thoughts, in your emotions. You pull away. You get weird. You don't want to be around anybody else. You just want to be by yourself and with your thoughts and think your weird thoughts all alone in the dark. But you don't have to stay there. Did anybody read Choose Your Own Adventures? Choose Your Own Adventure books? Anybody read Choose Your Own Adventures? Do you even know what Choose Your Own Adventures? Willow, you don't know what Choose Your Own Adventures are? Oh, my gosh. They're so great, they're even making a comeback in television. Yes, this is a true story. Choose Your Own Adventures were books that when I was in middle and elementary and I didn't read them in high school. But in those, when I was in school, it was a book that you would read. There was a story at the beginning. You'd begin to read this story, and you'd get to a section of the story where the character had to make a choice, and you got to make the choice for the character. And, and the question would be like, should the character go down this deep, dark tunnel and see what's at the end, or should he walk around the mountain and stay safe? And you got to choose where the character went. It was great. Because you could read the book like five times and there was five different outcomes. And here's the thing. Satan brings things to you. This is for you. This is for you. Satan shows up. Hey man, got you something. It's okay. He can take it. That's the point. And he shows up with a gift for you. I've got something for you. But we all know that Satan is the father of lies, right? He doesn't ever bring you anything good. There's nothing good that comes from him. He is the father of all lies. So if you can look in your life and see that something is stealing from you, if it's bringing you death in an area of your life, it is killing part of you, you could say, hmm, I don't think this is from Jesus. I think this is from the devil. And you can say, give it back to me. Give it back to me. You'd be like, no, I don't want it. Give it back. Say, I don't want it. 
I don't want it. I don't want it. And you give it back. You give it back. You get to choose if you accept or reject his lies. You get to choose for yourself whether you embrace those things that he's saying to you. When he tells you you're not good enough, you get to say, hmm, maybe, I, maybe he's right. Maybe I'm not good enough. Maybe I'm really bad at this. Maybe I'm terrible. Maybe I'm a horrible person. Maybe nobody likes me. Maybe my family doesn't like me. Maybe my husband hates me. Maybe my wife doesn't like me. Maybe my wife hates me. Maybe, maybe the doctors are right. Maybe I am going to die. Maybe I shouldn't have done this. Maybe I shouldn't have moved here. Maybe I should go do this. And you begin to dwell on all these thoughts, and they begin to snowball. The great thing is you don't have to accept those things. I don't want it. Get your junk out of here. Can you take a look in your life? And see when Satan has tried to bring you lies that would cause hopelessness and despair to overtake you? I can. I can look in my life and I can look back at circumstances in my life and say, those were things that the enemy tried to bring me to bring me to destruction and to ruin and stop me in my tracks. So, So, how do you, how do you stop this cycle? How do you stop that hopelessness in your life? You're like, Jake, it's great. You're talking about hopelessness and how, how Satan brings it to us and he's the father of lies. I get it. But how do you stop the cycle in your life? I'm going to show you. See, to break the power of something in your life, what you have to do is first of all shed some light on it and see what you're dealing with. And that comes from the Word of God. And then when you shed light to see what it is you're dealing with, then you hang on to something stronger than that lie. Then you hang on to something stronger than the hopelessness you're dealing with. And what is that something that's stronger? Well, I know the Bible says that the name of Jesus is the name above all names. So when you shine a light in the darkness and you see what it is you're dealing with, you see what it is you're fighting with, you can say, hmm, okay, I see that, but here's what the Word of God says. Go with me to Psalm chapter 43. And in verse 5, it says, Why am I discouraged and why is my heart so sad? I will put my hope in God and I will praise him again, my Savior and my God. In just a second, I'm going to read this out of the Passion Translation. But before we put that slide up there, I want to say this to you. You have to begin to speak to your soul. Those lies that the enemy brings to you, he is speaking to you. He is speaking to your soul. And what do you have to do? You have to begin to speak to your soul as well. You have to begin to say, this is what the word of God says. So put up the next slide, Jade, and let's look at this in the Passion Translation. You know, is there not a Passion Translation one up there? 
My goodness, I'm going to have to read it from my phone. Hang on a second. Do you have it? Can you read it for me or just get it for me? Here it says this. Then, this is the Passion Translation, and the psalmist is speaking. He says this. Then I will say to my soul, don't be discouraged, don't be disturbed, for I fully expect my Savior God to break through for me. Then I'll have plenty of reasons to praise him all over again. Yes, living before his face is my saving grace. I'm going to read that again for you just so you can listen and let that get into your heart. You have to speak to your soul. The enemy comes and he brings lies to you and he says, this is the truth about you. This is, the, this is the way everybody sees you. This is the way everybody feels about you. This is what the doctor says about you. This is what your husband thinks about you. This is what your wife really thinks about you. This is how your kids feel about you. And you begin to dwell on these thoughts. But you have to stop and say, no. Then I will say to my soul, your mind and your will and your emotions. And let me tell you, it's a whole lot easier said than done. Isn't it? A little bit. A whole lot, a lot of it, too. Because your mind and your will and your emotions get in there, and they begin to say, yeah, but, yeah, but, yeah, but, yeah, but. And you say, no, God says this. And then your emotions say, yeah, but what about this? And you say, well, God says this. And they say, yeah, what about this? Yeah, but, yeah, but. Then I will speak to my soul. Don't be discouraged. Don't be disturbed. For I fully expect my Savior God to break through for me. Can I say today that there's some of us here that need to begin to say to my soul, to say to your soul, don't be disturbed. Don't be discouraged because you should fully be expecting your Savior God to break through for you. There's areas in people's hearts and minds and lives today where you need to see God break through for you. And you need to be saying, I fully expect God to do this for me. Because here's the thing, nobody else can do it for you. You've got to begin to speak to your own soul. You've got to begin to speak to your own circumstances and say, this is what God says. This is what the word says. And I am putting my hope and my faith and my trust squarely on Jesus Christ. And I am trusting him to come through. Then it goes on and says, then I'll have plenty of reasons to praise him all over again. Yes, living before his face is my saving grace. I encourage you today to begin to speak to your soul. The enemy is coming to you. The enemy comes to you on a daily basis, if I'm not mistaken, and tries to bring things to you to try and get you to pull away, to pull away from your family, to pull away from the word, to pull away from church, to pull away from your connect group, to pull away from all kinds of things so that you're all by yourself, and then he wants to begin to magnify that lie that he's brought to you so that it becomes your life, and that lie begins to grow. The more you think about it, you know when you think on a lie, you know what you're doing to it? You're watering it. Oh, I just love this little, this little plant. It's just fantastic. Look, it's just growing. It's growing. It's growing. Of course it grows. The more you think about it, the more you dwell on it, the more you ponder it, the more you are feeding that thing, and it grows. And it begins to take over your life and consume you. And he says, here, speak to your soul. Speak to your soul. I'm telling you today in the name of Jesus, speak to your soul. Speak to your circumstances. Say, no, 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 no. We're not going down this road. 
You don't have to think every thought that comes into your mind. Yes, it's a lot of work not to. A lot. But you can do it. Go with me to Habakkuk chapter 3. We're going to finish up here. Habakkuk chapter 3. It's a short little book in the Old Testament. And I want to show you something from here. Habakkuk chapter 3 verse 17 says this. Habakkuk was talking to God and asking him some questions and God came back with a scary answer about what was going to happen. And at the very end of the book, starting in verse 17, it says this. Habakkuk is talking and there's some scary things that are going to take place. And Habakkuk says this. Even though the fig trees have no blossoms and there are no grapes on the vines, even though the olive crop fails and the fields lie empty and barren, even though the flocks die in the fields and the cattle barns are empty. You can put this scripture in your life. You can say, even though my marriage doesn't look the way it's supposed to look, and my kids are causing me all kinds of grief. Even though my bank account doesn't look the way that it should. And I spend all my money on drugs and alcohol. And even though I do this and this is happening. And even though these things are taking place in my life. And this is happening. And even though whatever circumstances you are going through in your life. You could say even though this is happening. Even though, even though things aren't the way they're supposed to be. And this isn't the way it's supposed to be taking place. Even though, and this, verse 18 says, Yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will be joyful in the God of my salvation. The sovereign Lord is my strength, and he makes me as sure-footed as a deer able to tread upon the heights. I want to say to you today that it doesn't matter. It does not matter. It does not matter. Listen to me today. It does not matter the circumstances you are going through. Those circumstances that you are fighting and dealing with, the things that you are walking through, the furnace that you find yourself in today, those things are not greater than God who's on the throne. So even though all these things are happening to me, even though this is taking place and this is happening too, and it gets worse and it gets worse and it gets worse, even though all of these things, yet I will praise God. And that is a choice that you have to make when you find yourself in those circumstances. You have to speak to your soul. When the enemy comes and brings lies to you, you have to say, I am not going to accept this lie. I, in fact, am going to reject your lie, and I will see your lie, and I will raise it with this scripture. Oh, you say I'm an idiot, and everybody thinks I'm an idiot? You think I'm a big dum-dum? A big dummy dum-dum? Well... 
I disagree. And the Bible actually says that I have the mind of Christ. So maybe I'm not naturally the brightest bulb. But because I have the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead living and dwelling on the inside of me, I've got the mind of Christ. And, oh, wait a second, I can also do all things through Christ who strengthens me. So you take your big dummy, dumb, dumb lie and hit the bricks. Because God says that I am more than a conqueror. I'm not just a conqueror. I'm more than a conqueror. Get up out of your seats with me. Let's stand up today. Hebrews 4, 12 tells us this. Do we have this slide? I think we do. We do. You've got to speak to your soul. The enemy is going to bring things to you that are not true, that are not alive. They're alive, not alive. They're not true. They're not real. John 8 says that he is the father of all lies. All he can do to you is lie to you. And when that happens, when that takes place, when he brings these things to you, you need, you must, if you want to become victorious, if you want to walk through life uh, through the other side and get through the issues you're facing, because I'm sorry, I'm assuming we all do want to get to the other side. I'm assuming you don't want to be stuck. If you want to be stuck where you're at, hey, just disregard everything I just said for the last half an hour. And stay put. But if you want to move to the other side of your circumstances, then what you got to do is begin to speak to those circumstances. You got to speak to your emotions. You got to speak to your mind. You got to speak to your will. And the Bible says in Hebrews 4, verse 12, that the word of God is living and alive. And it's powerful. It's powerful. It is powerful, and it's sharper than any two edged sword, dividing between the soul which is your mind and your will and your emotions and the spirit, which means that when the enemy brings lies to you, you got to get out the word of God and say, yeah, but this is what the word of God says. And that word will begin to cut between the soul, which is your emotions and your flesh and your feelings and your, "Ah, I'm having a bad day. And it will cut it with the sword, which is the word of God. And there will be the spirit over here and the flesh over here. And you've got to begin to speak the word of God to your circumstances. If you want victory in your life, you need to, listen, there's going to be times where you're going to have to lay your hand on, on your head and say, mind, you think the thoughts of Jesus Christ. I speak to these lies in my heart, in my soul, in my mind, and I say, be gone, be far removed from me. You've got to speak to your soul. You gotta speak to those emotions. You don't have to, and you shouldn't accept all that junk the enemy brings to you. In Luke chapter 4, come on, guys, Luke chapter 4, it's Jesus shows up and he shows up, he walks out of the desert. The Bible says he's full of the power of the Spirit, and he goes in the temple and he finds a scroll and he opens a scroll and he says, This is who I am. And he came to bring healing. He came to set the captives free. 
He doesn't want us living lives of hopelessness. He doesn't want us bound up in chains with walls around us. He doesn't want us hiding uh, alone and afraid and scared to talk to anybody and scared to reach out and scared to ask questions. He came, like it says in John 10.10, so that we could have life and life more abundantly. God desires that Adrian has an abundant life full of God's joy and God's wisdom and his life flowing out of Adrian. So when Adrian's dumping trash, people are like, man, you're dumping trash, but you are super happy. What's going on? And you're like, I don't know because I actually hate trash, but I just love being alive. close our eyes and I want to pray with you. Thank you so much for joining us today. We want to encourage you to take what you just heard and let it go deeply into your heart to allow Jesus to do the deep work that only he can do. We also want to encourage you to be a part of what's going on here at Connect. Head over to connectchurch.ca to find out how.